This podcast is brought to you by the film Ezra from Bleecker Street, directed by Tony Goldwyn. Oh, he's hot. With an incredible ensemble that includes Robert De Niro, Bobby Cannavale, and Whoopi Goldberg. Ezra is a funny and endearing story about Max, a divorced father struggling to co-parent his autistic son, Ezra. When faced with difficult decisions about the future, they embark on a cross-country road trip that has a transcendent impact on both their lives. Deadline calls Ezra a touching testament to the power of love. In theaters, May 31st. Probiotics can be an important part of your daily routine, and they certainly are a part of mine, but sometimes they are a hassle to take. Nature's Way women's probiotic pearls are just what they sound like, adorable little pearls that couldn't be easier to take. They're tiny, but still pack a punch, supporting both digestive and vaginal health. To learn more, visit naturesway.com slash pearls and use code CHELSEA10 at checkout for 10% off any Pearl's probiotics. Terms and conditions apply, valid through July 31st. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girlbomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate girl bomb grip and professional grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girl Bomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girl Bomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. Hey, LA bound thrill seekers, it's Chelsea Handler, your fearless guide to the city of angels. Brace yourselves for a wild ride exploring the diverse food scene from taco trucks to Michelin stars like Pizzana or Leo's Tacos. Seeking serenity? Immerse yourself in soul-soothing moments with captivating sunsets at Griffith Observatory, rooftop yoga, and a stroll through the Getty Gardens. Your soul will thank you for this enchanting escape. Buckle up for the L.A. roller coaster and embark on the adventure at discoverla.com. Chelsea Handler signing off, urging you to savor every moment. Hi. Hi, Chelsea. Hi, hi, hi. I'm very, very vibrant this morning. Ooh, why's yeah. that? I, because I haven't had a drink for a couple days, and I just feel so much better oh. when I don't drink. But obviously, that's not going to last. So yeah. <laughs> I try and take a couple down days, you know. But I mean, with summertime, it's just very difficult. Too many social engagements, too much mm-hmm. traveling. The most amount of time I spend sober is probably on an airplane. I don't like to drink on planes. <laughs> it does make you feel extra yucky when you get off the plane. Yeah, you're like, yeah. Of. I don't like to mess with that. I like to get on a plane, take a Xanax, go to sleep, wake up, and feel fresh as a daisy. Ooh, that's the way to do it. I once took an Ativan on a flight and like watched an entire movie. Forgot I watched the movie. Oh, welcome to my whole fucking life. I don't even. I've seen, I've watched entire series and not remembered that I've seen them until like rewatching them really? and being three episodes in. Yeah, I'm a hot mess. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like half asleep, you know? I I like to fall asleep to television. I know they say don't do that. But I got this amazing rose quartz face mask that I sleep on. Is it cold? Well, it feels cold. It gets warm in the night, but it's Mm. like just because it's crystals. So I have a full face one and I have a half face one. I've been sleeping with that and any under eye puffiness or swelling or anything like that, it just gets everything out. So I've been, I'm I'm really into that lately. Anyway, I go to sleep with the TV on. I put on my rose quartz mask and then eventually I turn the TV off. I love it. I mean, who's paying attention to television anymore anyway? I mean, it's so hard to pay attention to anything because we all have such ADD, ADHD, ADHD. All the things. Bipolar disorder, Mm -hmm. multiple personality, borderline. Mm -hmm. Anyway, 
Okay, guys, we have added more shows to my Little Big Bitch tour because I'm coming all over. We had a second show at the Pantages in Los Angeles. So that's October 12th and Friday the 13th, which is my favorite day of the year. We added a second show in Boston at the Wang Center. September 29th and 30th is two shows in New York. I also have a show in East Hampton, New York, August 26th. We added a second show in Portland. So Thursday, November 2nd, Friday, November 3rd in Portland. November 4th and 5th in San Francisco, two shows there. We added a second show in Seattle, November 10th and 11th. Two shows Boston are November 16th and 17th at the Bach Center, Wang Theater. And I'm also coming to Toronto and Montreal and Ottawa and uh, so many other cities, Columbus, Cincinnati, Detroit, Louisville. So I will see everybody at all of these shows. Thank you. Get your tickets at ChelseaHandler.com. Chelsea, have you always believed in something beyond our physical world, like what we can't see sort of thing? Maybe not a higher power, but... An afterlife? I mean, I guess, yeah, I know. I mean, I hoped so, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I think when I was younger, I believed in God because Mm -hmm. that was instilled in me that there was a God. And then as I became in my teens, I was questioning it a lot, but always kind of, I've always felt like there's something personally like watching over me, like protecting me. Like, I've always felt like, oh, there's something protecting me. There's something steering me. I'm accountable to this invisible eye in the sky. Mm -hmm. So when there's a choice to make the good decision or the bad decision, I always make the good one because I feel like there's a witness. (laughs) Meanwhile, that's like a fantasy. But as I've grown older, and I think my brother's death and my mother's death makes me believe in mysticism, makes me believe in the other. I I believe there is a universal intelligence. The more that I've read and discovered and then therapy also really makes made me. I always went to psychics and stuff because I like that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I never necessarily always believed it. But sometimes it's just very comforting. And I think that now that I've witnessed all those little miracles, mm-hmm. like I was yesterday looking at, I took my girlfriends are in town and I went to take them to my new house. Yeah. That's going to be ready never. And <laughs> day. they're like, it'll be ready in August. My girlfriends are like, uh, there's no way this house is going to be ready in August. <laughs> Everyone's like, there's no way. I'm like, watch. This house, by the way, that you were talking about renovating when this podcast started. I know. I know. I know. It's been, I mean, it's just, the joke is on me. I, I, I can't believe <laughs> how much time I've spent in rentals, uh, wasting money while anyway but my friend we left there and we're at dinner last night with a couple girlfriends and my friend was like oh did you see that hummingbird just circling your front door when we were walking in she goes you were talking to the contractors and the designers and there was a hummingbird just circling 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 a good omen and and she and then when we walked in so a psychic had said to me you know your mother the way your parent your mother and a lot of dead people come back are as birds whatever so that's easy because you can always yeah if you're a cynic you can be like well there are birds everywhere (laughs) but a hummingbird specifically Mm -hmm. and they also told me watch out for nests when you move into a place or you have a house, watch out for nests in weird places because your mother is forming nests and that's where she hangs out is around your house. In Whistler, my property guy called me and he goes, you know, you have a nest right outside your front door. There's a bunch of hummingbirds up here. Oh, my gosh. And I was like, what? So yesterday, this was six months ago. Yesterday, 
my friend was like, you know, there was a hummingbird outside your door. And I go, you didn't tell me that. She goes, yeah, it just kept circling the door, <gasps> circling the door, circling the door. Like, why would it be doing that? It's my mom gracing it or yeah. blessing it or saying, like, she's here, she's like, here. Hi. Who knows what it means? But <laughs> And then when we were there, they're like, there's like three bird's nests at every entrance. And I was like, three? He goes, yes, at every doorway in the back, in the front, and then the doorway to the gym. He goes, there's three. And I was like... Oh, my God. Wild. And I couldn't. I was just like, holy shit. It was just crazy. And so I was like, okay, I believe in that. Uh-huh. I That is my mother. She would be a bird yeah. coming back around yeah. me. I do believe she was also my dog junk. But um, <laughs> yeah, so I do. I just I think it's some more fun way to live. And whatever you believe is true yeah. is true. It's just like when you tell yourself negative things, they mm-hmm. become true. And when you tell yourself positive things, they also become true. Mm, I think that's so true. I love what you say about like, if you don't know what it means that's still okay because maybe you will in the future and maybe you won't i tend to see the numbers one two three four constantly which seems like well those are the first four numbers but also like on a clock like half the time i look at a clock it's one two three four and i don't exactly know what it means i tried looking it up in numerology and stuff and it seems to mean that when you see it, you're on the right track and you're in your growth and you're learning, mm. which I like. But I'm like, I feel like there's some deeper meaning. And I feel like one day it's going to hit me like a ton of bricks. Yeah. Numbers are important, too. Like I told my aunt when my my cousin died, she was obviously, you know, never going to be the same. And I said, you know, she doesn't believe in any of this. I go, you have to think of something. Think of something so obscure that only he would know about. Just make it up in your mind. Communicate to him in your mind mm-hmm. that you need to see these numbers to or these letters or this symbol. She chose like X, Y, Z, da, 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 da. She chose some random thing yeah. of numbers. So she spent the whole, I go, great. Now look everywhere. Just look at, in all the strangest places. So she's looking at license plates. She's driving around looking and seeing if she could find this weird combination of lettering. And then she picked up her phone and the numbers that those letters made out on the phone was on her phone <gasps> without making a call because it wasn't a full phone number. Yeah. It was just like five letters. And, and 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 it just it was like whatever that is on your phone. And she said she looked at her phone in the middle of the day and she called me and she was shaking. She's like, oh, my God. That's him. He's okay. That's so why I have chills right yeah. now. So I think that, you know, we're when we lose someone, we're so desperate mm-hmm. to know that they're okay and we suffer so much. It's like they don't want us to suffer. Mm-hmm. And I understand you have to grieve because you've lost someone, but there is an attachment that real monks and Buddhists know not to attach, mm. to know not to attach to the physical form. Mm-hmm. Of course, you're attached emotionally, but... It's not gone when that person dies. They're just not here. And while that's a huge loss, don't forget that there's there, the energy and yeah. the connection and the love is still there and palpable. Right. And I mean, even from a straight up physics perspective, energy doesn't disappear, right? It transforms into something else, whether it's water becoming a gas, et cetera, et cetera. But I think the same can be true of the literal electric energy that's in our bodies when we're alive. It doesn't just disappear and dissipate. It has to transform into something else. And when you are aligned with this universal intelligence that I speak of, like when you believe that everything is leading you to the in the right direction and to trust your instinct and gut and you don't resist uncomfortable circumstances mm-hmm. or things that don't work out, you don't let them drag you down so far. Everything starts to get easier, and yeah. that 
tip has happened in my life in such a major way that I would be remiss to pretend that it wasn't part of a universal alignment. Like Mm -hmm. I'm in my flow state. I understand where things are going. And even if things don't work out, I feel so optimistic about all the work I've done and the, and the direction I'm headed that I can handle it all. Yeah. And now I trust myself. And before I didn't trust myself mm-hmm. or there were times where I didn't trust myself yeah. is a better way to put it. It's a hard thing to learn when something's not going right. Like, okay, this is a learning experience. What am I actually supposed to take from this, even though it's painful or awkward or annoying, but you can get there, you know, to mm-hmm. accepting that all of these things are learning experiences. Yeah, and the more experience you have, the more you realize a breakup is not the end of the world. A job, losing a job is not the end Mm -hmm. of the world. Mm -hmm. A family member dying is terrible experience, but it's part of life and it's not the end of the world. Your world continues to exist. So how do you want to move forward in that? As a victim Mm -hmm. or as someone who's empowered and understands that this universal intelligence is going to take and give and upset and like enlighten, be open to all of the experiences. And, you know, I used to be such a baby and a brat if things didn't go my way. I would be, I would stop my feet and cry to get my way. Mm-hmm. And I don't have to do that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So amen to that. Yes, for sure. Which brings us to our very special guest. Oh, you guys are going to like this. So our next guest is doing a live tour currently, just nominated for an Emmy for his show on Netflix, which is called Life After Death. And he is the star of Hollywood Medium. He's a recent Emmy nominee for his Netflix series, Life After Death, with Tyler Henry. Please welcome Tyler Henry. Oh, my God. How cute are you? I was so excited to talk to you. I'm so excited to talk to you. I barely slept a wink last night, so I am looking forward to talking. Oh, my God. You're so cute. I just think you're so your whole vibe and energy is just so sweet and welcoming and comforting to so many people. It's so touching. Well, thank you so much. It means the world. I feel the same way about you. You've entertained me for years and have brought such so much joy to so many people. So I'm excited to chat. Well, I'm less comforting, but more probably joy. Yeah, I can bring joy. And I don't think that's comfort right. is what I'm bringing. But that's okay. <laughs> Not everybody's here for everything. You know, Catherine, this is my co-host. Hi. Hello, Catherine. It's lovely to meet you. Nice to meet you. Um, okay, so I want you to tell me, I don't know if I have this story right. I want to talk about your kind of OG story. Sure. Your mom, and I think I read that your mom was kidnapped as a young girl. Is that accurate? In essence, yeah. I'm Basically, my mom, as a baby, was taken by a woman who we later found out took her. And we, for the first 20-something years of my life, thought that this woman was my grandmother. And indeed, we came to this family discovery that she was abducted. And it led to a whole kind of reunion with my biological family, which was captured on a Netflix show called Life After Death. Whoa, holy shit. I mean, that is a lifetime movie come to roost. I, it really was. Oh my the God. woman who did this, who I thought was my grandmother for the first 20-something years of my life, ended up actually serving over 30 years in prison for the murder of two people and uh, ended up actually involving her own family and having to bury the bodies and uh, manipulated the entire situation and you know, it was a source of a lot of shame for for my mom. And then to find out that that wasn't even actually her mother, it was it was definitely heartbreaking and also kind of relieving to know we weren't related to that person. Oh, yeah, I bet. God, that must be such a uh, hurdle to get over emotionally to grow up thinking somebody's one thing and then find out they're not multiple things. 
Absolutely. And you know, there's something to be said about, you know, people living often with the sins of their father. And you hear all these tropes about how the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And, you know, my mom grew up hearing those things and it was very taunting for her. And so to realize, hey, you know, there wasn't even a biological link. It was kind of healing. Have you been able to help your mom on that front? Yeah, definitely. You know, uh, in some ways, my own intuitive inclinations are kind of limited when it comes to reading my own family. And a lot of that has to do to just implicit biases. You know, I kind of know too much. I have my own hopes and fears about the people that I love and care about. And so it was very difficult in my pursuit for answers to be able to really get any through my normal kind of go-to methods. But we were able to work with a leading genealogist. I introduced my mom to another medium and we received a very compelling reading. And through all of that information, was able to kind of get an understanding of what happened, what led to this horrible event that affected so many. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I wonder if that, you know, when we talk about intergenerational trauma, right? Like, I wonder how that affects you unconsciously. Absolutely. Oh, I've so often wondered, too, you know, just how trauma and its effect over generations can sometimes even kind of be inherited in certain proclivities or susceptibilities to maybe even anxiety, you know, on some level. So I do know that shame is something very powerful and often does have a ripple effect. And so to be able to tell that story in a way that was shared with millions of people, I think was liberating and kind of reclaiming what happened and um, owning that narrative and, and being the one to tell that story versus being ashamed of it. And that show on Netflix, Life After Death, was just nominated for an Emmy. So I should mention that, too. So if you haven't seen it, definitely go and see it, because that is one crazy story. OK, let's talk about you and how you came into touch with your abilities. Absolutely. Well, for me, it really started when I was 10 years old. I didn't recognize this as an ability initially. I woke up one night in April of 2006 and just had this knowingness, this overwhelming feeling that my grandmother was going to pass. And from there, uh, very quickly, I went into the room to try to share this with my mom. And as I was explaining it to her, we literally in that moment received the phone call from my dad that my grandmother had just died. So that acted as a catalyst. But when you're that young, you don't really recognize that as an ability. It was just a moment of connection, a moment of knowingness that led to a series of other moments of knowingness as time went on. Uh-huh. And was this the grandmother that was went to jail or is this your... Different one. So thankfully, I had a very, very wonderful paternal grandmother who was my world. And she made up for all the nastiness on the other side of the family. But no, this was the my grandmother who was my whole, my whole life. And uh, she was really kind of that introduction into what I would later do as a job. Oh, my God. And so how does one when you have abilities like this and you and you categorize yourself as a medium. So how how does one separate the knowing and the intuitiveness and the seeing that you have? How do you separate that when you're living your real life and you're not working or you're not trying? Is that, is that like a switch that you're able to flip easily? You know, I kind of liken the medium side of things to a little bit of like a volume dial in the sense that there's always background noise when I go about my life, but I've had certain kind of processes or rituals or routines that I've created to allow myself to kind of turn on and turn that volume dial up. And then when I need to kind of go about my life and go grocery shopping, be able to kind of turn it down. And so that's kind of the best way to, to describe it. But it certainly is a process of <laughs> kind of navigating a constant sense of uh, trying to understand what's mine and what's other people's and having that discernment. And how do you feel there must be a sense of responsibility that you must feel as just a human 
decent person, right? Because if I, I mean, I, I feel a sense of responsibility as a human being, and I don't have that ability, even though I kind of wish I did. I mean, who doesn't really, right? I mean, you're yeah, the envy of, I mean, who doesn't want to be around somebody who can see, you know, the people that have left your life or has some sort of psychic ability, which I think we're all innately born with, right? It's a matter of whether or not you're, how in touch you are with the idea of it. Absolutely. And it's really about trust. And, you know, we all get a first impression. We all get a feeling when we shake someone's hand. We all get a vibe when we enter into a room. And so many, so many of us just kind of discount that as, oh, it was just a feeling. But so often it's kind of a tool we're relying on and don't even realize. So what was the biggest discovery you made after the first thing with your grandmother? I mean, obviously that's a huge discovery, but what was the next thing that really cemented the idea that this was going to be play a major role in your future and your professional life? Yeah, well, you know, life very quickly changed for me. At the age of 16, I had an interaction with my math teacher, of all things, where I shared with her a message that I was getting while I was sitting in class. And again, it came through as a knowingness, almost akin to like a memory that hadn't happened yet. And when I shared this message with her, it involved her former relationship and her divorce and what led to that. And her former mother-in-law came through to let her know that she loved her like a mother loved a daughter, regardless of the fact that her relationship with her son had dissolved. And it was just really healing and, and showed that, you know, there was power in these random moments when they could be applied in the right way, in the right circumstances, and could actually help make a transformative effect on someone's life. And so that math teacher was interviewed actually on the Netflix show. She was instrumental in helping me graduate high school at the age of 16, where I then went on to try to become a hospice nurse, because I figured, you know what, two birds, one stone. <laughs> And what happened when you tried to become a hospice nurse? Well, I, this is the no one's going to believe this, but I ended up reading the dean of my college and he literally ran into me one day and was like, Tyler, if you did for me what you did for me, you probably should just go in that direction more than, you know, doing the hospice nursing thing. And so in essence, I kind of always joke the dean of the college gave me permission to quit school. <laughs> <laughs> and that's literally what happened. And then, you know, life obviously went a very different direction as I got my show when I was 19 years old. <laughs> yeah. Congrats. Kudos to you on that. Way to go. Netflix doesn't miss a beat. <laughs> yes. I just kind of felt guided into it. Well, that's nice. Congrats on that. Are we going to do a little reading? Is Tyler going to yeah. read? Are you, Are you open to that? Doing a little reading for Chelsea? Yes. Oh, absolutely. I would love to. Well, let's take a quick break and we'll be back with Tyler and Chelsea. This podcast is brought to you by the new film Ezra from Bleecker Street, directed by Tony Goldwyn and with an incredible ensemble cast that includes Robert De Niro, Bobby Cannavale, Whoopi Goldberg, Rose Byrne, Rain Wilson, and Vera Farmiga. Along with newcomer William A. Fitzgerald, the film is an endearing and often funny story about Max, a divorced father and stand-up comedian living with his father and struggling to co-parent his autistic son, Ezra. When forced to confront difficult decisions about the future, Max and Ezra embark on a cross-country road trip that has a transcendent impact on both their lives. Ezra is an endearing and often funny exploration of a family determined to find their way through life's complexities with humor, compassion, and heart. An official selection of Deadline calls the film a touching testament to the power of love. IndieWire says it's funny and moving, and according to Next Best Picture, Ezra approaches autism with heart and authenticity. Only in theaters nationwide May 31st. 
Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new natural hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design icon West Elm, the natural hybrid is the culmination of the two companies' shared values, premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the natural hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary, indulgence your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Visit lisa.com forward slash Chelsea to learn more. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash Chelsea. Tired of hair removal tools that just don't cut it? Conair Girl Bomb gives you smooth, flawless results while putting you firmly in control. From achieving that silky smooth skin to boosting your inner confidence, Conair Girl Bomb is all about helping you elevate your self care game. Whether it's creating a hype playlist, throwing yourself into a hobby, or scheduling some me time, self care is important to keeping you feeling confident and empowered. It's time to take your hair removal routine to the next level. You can trust Conair Girl Bomb to get the job done right. Conair Girl Bomb gives you the secret weapons for achieving powerful results with ease. Designed with women in mind, these tools boast the sassy Girl Bomb grip for unparalleled handling and precision, along with professional grade blades to deliver results that you used to only get from men's tools. No more compromising. So, to all you incredible women out there, treat yourself to a little Conair Girl Bomb magic. Don't settle for anything less than perfection. Elevate your grooming game with Conair Girl Bomb. Available now at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. Probiotics can be a very important part of your daily routine. They certainly are part of mine, but sometimes uh, they're a hassle to take. So Nature's Way women's probiotic pearls are just what they sound like, adorable little pearls that couldn't be easier to take. They're tiny, but still pack a punch, supporting both digestive and vaginal health. With 1 billion active cultures, they protect against occasional bloating, constipation, and digestive discomfort. And they are designed with a triple-layer coating that protects each pearl from stomach acid, helping them survive the journey to your small intestine, where they're needed most. To learn more, visit naturesway.com slash pearls and use code CHELSEA10 at the checkout for 10% off any Pearl's probiotics. Terms and conditions apply. Valid through July 31st. And we're back. We're back. So as far as this reading goes, I have my pen and paper here, so I'm happy to scribble and it might take about 30 seconds for stuff to start coming through. Information can come through about both of you. So just kind of good to keep this in mind. Something might make sense for one, the other it might not so much. And so we'll kind of go back and forth if, if that happens. But I'm going to scribble and then we'll kind of see which direction we go. Now, very often what will happen is information will come through around conversations we've just had, family dynamics, things we were just doing. If anything too sensitive comes through, I'll share it with you after the fact off recording. But yeah, generally it just kind of helps me get a map of where I'm going. Like if my father's planning on coming back and reincarnating himself during my life, that would be problematic for me. Uh, You know what? I I hear you. 
I hear you. You know, I it's something. You. Something's funny that I always say when I meditate or when I'm feeling spiritual and they're connected, really, like to the universe. And I do my mantras or whatever I'm into at the time. I always feel my mom and my brother, but I never ever feel my father and i'm like huh. i feel like he's getting yep. he's in the spin cycle like in purgatory <laughs> no. making up for all all of his bad behavior he's just in limbo but you know it's working working our way out the spin cycle yeah, is exactly we're good well we'll see if anything comes through because one thing i actually want to start with so immediately i have to highlight for some reason, when we talk about females within family, I being a big fan of you, of course, know your mom has passed. But I have to highlight for some reason acknowledgement also around an aunt. So if you have any aunts that have passed away, it could be a way of just kind of trying to acknowledge that. I like to relay exactly as the symbology comes through kind of how I'm seeing it. And that's one of the individuals I feel like I have to highlight in some kind of capacity. Check and see within Chelsea, within your family, if there's anyone who's passed away in their 60s, that would be female. So like, I don't feel like I get to hit my 70s. I feel like I passed away kind of closer to my 60s and it wouldn't be your mother. So it would be somebody else. And that's just kind of good to keep in mind without giving any information away off the top of your head. Do you know of any females who would have passed away in their 60s? That would have yeah, been- Yeah, my mom's sister, Elka, would have passed away in her 60s. So yeah, okay. I have one aunt, cool. Elka. Gotcha. So we would kind of be going in that direction. The way this keeps coming in is I keep having to talk about that aunt acknowledgement in the way this comes through. A couple cancer susceptibilities that would exist within family that just need to be kept in mind generationally. So I, as far as I know, I believe your mom did deal with some kind of cancer. Is that correct? Yes. I am aware of that. But I also feel like somebody else may have also dealt with that susceptibility that also comes through as being significant and female and dealing with this at kind of an earlier age. So on mom's side of family, do you know of any other females who dealt with cancer? No, I don't. Okay. No worries. Any like cancer scares, cancer bouts? When we talk about her sister, do you know if she had any areas of concern in that area? I forget how she died, but it wasn't cancer, I'm pretty sure. She had, okay. I think she had heart issues. Gotcha. She seems like a very strong person is kind of the way I would describe it in the sense of like strong will. I'm not going anywhere. I don't know why, but I have to highlight more than one health related thing. And I'm putting it definitely more around her. So just something to look into and we'll kind of look and see if we can confirm with that. I have to talk about some reference in the way this comes across to somebody receiving a gift and it would be an art piece, but it would be of a dog. <laughs> and this would be of a dog that passed. So if somebody received some form of either an illustration of a dog that died, I feel like I have to highlight this event happening in, in some way. If it hasn't happened yet, it may, like if we just end up getting surprised by this gift, but it would be something thoughtful that somebody would do as like a rendition to honor an animal that has passed away. Yeah, I've um, had plenty of those with my dog Chunk because Chunk was such it. a public stud that people <laughs> sent me so many beautiful things after he died. And a oh. lot of them were paintings and like, yeah. It's sweet. And it's really symbolic in the sense of when we see these things, it's just those reminders that we hold on to and that feeling it kind of brings back and the importance of holding on to that. I also have to talk about Atlantic City, and this is just good to keep in mind. I'm seeing Atlantic City. And anytime I see Atlantic City, I've been there before. It's usually a place I attribute to casinos in some capacity. But if there's any sentimental memories, so do you know of any significant memories in that kind of area? Well, that's where I met Bill Cosby. So that was significant. <laughs> Oh, significantly hopefully while awake <laughs> yeah i was awake because yeah yeah yes well you can remember it so uh I, yeah i'm aware that it happened so there's that yeah. But yeah, I perform in Atlantic City on every tour of which I'm on, one right now. So my family usually comes down there and I have a lot of pictures of the beach in Atlantic City with my nieces. Yeah, I have that. 
One thing I want to look into is uh, there's some acknowledgement. I kept hearing a little birdie told me. So anytime that comes through, for some reason with your mom, there's some connection as this comes through with like a little bird visiting. So if you find that like you, when this hang, when we hang up, if you like go to your window and there's a little bird sitting there, it's those kinds of things that often happen that kind of validate what we hear in readings. But I feel like there's some visitation involving a little bird. It's so funny. That's so true because I've heard this before and I've read about people and like the most common ways that they show you signs from sure. the other side and birds is obviously very common. But someone once told me, check for birds nests outside of any place that you live. Like they're going to be in weird places. Hmm. And and like three months ago, I have a house in Whistler. My The guy who takes care of my house for me sent me a picture of a bird's nest right outside the window. And he goes, oh, my God, this bird's nest was here all winter. Did you see it? And I thought, oh, that's my mother. Oh, I love that. So that's just kind of for me when things like that get brought up in a reading, it's a way to kind of refer back to an event you would be familiar with, something that you can recollect and kind of almost validate as a way of saying that is indeed uh, either me or I know that you thought that was me at the very least. <laughs> and that for me is, is often very comforting. I have to talk about that. I woke up this morning hearing the song Idlewise. Idlewise, Idlewise. It's a, it's a song from, I think, The Sound of Music. There's some darn sentimentality with that song, and it will go back, and it could go back generations even, but Idleweiss. <laughs> well, my mom was German, so she was from that neck of the woods. I love it. If there's some sentimentality, if that song was played as a child for somebody on a music box, just remember that I'm saying that. Check into it, because okay. I think we'll end up knowing where that fits. It feels like we're kind of going back in time on some kind of larger capacity. So I have to ask, as it relates to your kind of overall physical body, one thing to consider is as we go to lower, I, I keep in mind that you have a susceptibility when it comes to legs of one leg being weaker than the other and just wanting to be mindful of this, because for some reason, when we're talking about balance, I'm almost more inclined to worry about one, like almost slipping up. So that generally for me can sometimes indicate like knee susceptibilities, ankle susceptibilities, anywhere where we would have like a joint on one side more than the other. Just be mindful of that if you notice any issues, because I don't think things are set in stone. We can kind of, you know, knowledge is power on some greater sense. One thing I want to talk about when we go to dad's side is I, when we do talk about that department, one thing that I want to acknowledge when I focus on that symbology, I do not get a lot, but I will tell you what I get. There's an acknowledgement of for dad, either my symbology around what do we do with him? Where do we put him? Where does he go? If there was a decision around someone either going into a nursing home or having a rehabilitative kind of situation where they need to be taken care of through the help of like professionals, there's some conversation around that in some larger capacity. But what's interesting is there's this feeling of if somebody was not or if people were not able to be there when he died, there's this feeling of that's okay. I went the way that I was supposed to go. But sometimes people will come through and say, like, no, I needed everybody around me. I'm not getting that feeling with him. There's this feeling of I went and almost timed my passing. And I don't know why. But if somebody like almost intentionally went when they went <laughs> to avoid people, but I don't mean to say it in such a kind of way, but it, it just kind of feels almost like not having everybody involved when it comes to sending me off. Well, that's how I want to go. So, I mean, I totally relate to my father feeling that way if that's how he felt. It's definitely an interesting sense of timing my passing. When it comes to dad's situation, were there people around at the very end or did he pass kind of more solo? Uh, he wasn't with any of us. Yeah, he okay. was solo in one of those assisted living places. Gotcha. So, so the, the way that that comes in is basically, you know, some people live and feel like, ah, I wish I would have been there. I wish I could have been there. For him, there's this feeling of like, didn't need people to be there. 
timed my passing. Yeah. The interesting thing is I feel like he kind of held on a little longer than I would have even expected, which is kind of strange. He gives me an earlier acknowledgement of an earlier point where I almost feel like we were like ready to say goodbye. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I feel like he pulls through in some capacity in some larger, larger kind of way and then ends up passing a little later on. And we're like, what? Like we thought it was going to be the earlier thing. Did you have any earlier situations? Yes. We were hoping he would die a lot sooner than he did <laughs> because at a certain point it was just not a quality life. Yeah. And he was such a stubborn asshole that he wouldn't die. You know what I mean? He was just like holding on tightly to his anger. I remember when my sister called to tell me that my dad died. My sister Shauna called and I was in the car with my driver, Billy, and she was crying and she goes, dad died this morning. And I'm like, I said, why are you crying? And she's like, I don't know. We've been waiting for this for years. Like, not because we hate our dad. I mean, he was disappointing on many levels, but we all really loved him. It was just that it was no way to live anymore. Yeah. So I think he definitely extended his life about six or seven years longer than necessary. With that, though, equally comes an awareness of certain cognitive biases, certain cycles that you as an individual have broken on a larger scale. And there's just an interesting acknowledgement when it comes to dad about dad not being able to see things in life, being short-sighted in a larger capacity. And from where he's at now, I truly believe there's a greater clarity in understanding that ripple effect. Oh, I love that. Of how both his actions and inactions affected the people around him. And and I, I would really just say, I don't get a maliciousness around him. I just kind of get a sense of, I feel like he might have sometimes offended people without intending to offend them. And it's almost like when someone says the worst possible thing at the worst possible time, but they thought they were being comforting. <laughs> There's something there that just kind of comes through that if anybody feels he kind of had that quality, there's an acknowledgement of wanting to wipe that clean of I see maybe perhaps the insensitivity or my timing not always being the best, but people maybe not understanding that from his perspective. So I don't really feel bad about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I definitely have a little bit of what you're describing as well. I was born with the ability to say the wrong thing at the wrong time or the right thing at the wrong time. <laughs> there you go. You know, it, it definitely uh, it, it happens. But it, there's I definitely what I would say is still a sense of in hindsight and understanding. Uh, who was born in August? Mm, my brother, Roy. Okay. Now, for some reason, and this is just one thing to consider, there's an acknowledgement around like one brother and then another brother, and I'm having to kind of separate the two for some reason. Oftentimes, objects that come through have a lot more meaning than just their initial kind of application. Check and see if anybody has any horse paintings. Kind of a weird thing to say. <laughs> I don't know where it's coming from, but like if somebody in the family made a painting of a horse or has a painting of a horse, I don't okay. know why I'm saying that. I've been called a horse before, a horse face. <laughs> Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> well, I think you're okay in that regard, but I, I, it's kind of a weird generational thing. I feel like I'm going back, and I'm not even entirely sure where to place it. It could be switching gears to Catherine, as far as this goes. So. I definitely have some paintings of horses, one specifically that was from my grandfather's house. Okay. Yeah. I feel like wow. I want to kind of go to you because I do sometimes get pulls and I have to kind of go with those pulls because they're inclinations and we all have inclinations, but yeah, I think there's something in form in that. So give me, let me scribble really quick. Catherine, one of the areas that does pop 
up is just kind of a hypervigilance around the feminine system. That's usually ovarian, uterine, cervical, um, but I'm kind of going to lower. Mm-hmm. Um, again, this may not be something we include. No, but... I've, I'm very open. I've got endometriosis and had surgery for oh. that a couple of years ago. Oh, so, okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Gotcha. I, I hope you're on the mend. Uh, yes. I, I just want to keep it in mind. There's some acknowledgement around what I would view as like susceptibility inflammation, fibroids, ovarian cysts, like just kind of being mindful of that thing. Yeah, yes. I'm just kind of comes to it. It's just being on top of that. Catherine, in your family, I'm just kind of curious, check and see if there were two passings within a very relatively short period of time. There's an acknowledgement of three years and two people within family passing in three years. So that comes in pretty strongly. Do you know off the top of your head, like two passings in three years? Yeah. I mean, I would definitely say my two grandparents on my father's side passed within two years of each other. Gotcha. Now, when we talk about the lung cancer susceptibility things separately from this, I would just look into it and see if perhaps when we talk about dad's side of family. Catherine, for you, do you know of any situations involving three siblings on dad's side? Do we know what kind of situations? Um, it's basically, so I have to highlight an acknowledgement of three. And it's generationally going back above you, which usually would put that on dad's level. Yeah. My dad has three half siblings that he grew up with, and he has a lot of half siblings that he did not grow up with. So that could be what that is. Okay. I'm having to highlight the three, generally be three that we'd be kind of more familiar with in some capacity. That's where, for some reason, I'm putting some kind of long lung diagnosis, lung prognosis. Oh, yeah. Okay. I absolutely know what that is. Yeah. My Aunt Debbie died of emphysema or like complications from emphysema, which is one of those three. Yeah. So I definitely want to go there. I just generally interpret anything that would be like a terminal lung thing. That's kind of the symbology I'll get. And that's what I was getting. So I'm glad we figured out where it is. All good as far as, as living people goes, which is kind of good to be on top of that. And when you bring up like health issues, is it as to heed a warning or is it to like, I mean, when, when someone has already crossed over, say, and you're, you're acknowledging how they went, is that a confirmation in, in a sense that you're speaking to them? Is that why they're like saying it, right. like to confirm their presence? So how someone passes is a big part of their life story. <laughs> and so very often people's lives and what they valued and who they were will, will come through. But very often a way to kind of validate will be, you know, kind of leading with what led to where I'm at now. And that's usually, well, always a cause of death. Oh, okay. Well, that was very juicy yeah. and cute. I like that little <laughs> speed round. Okay. So let's give some advice out. Yeah. Too. Let's do it. I'm ready. We'll take a little break and be right back. This podcast is brought to you by the new film Ezra from Bleecker Street, directed by Tony Goldwyn and with an incredible ensemble cast that includes Robert De Niro, Bobby Cannavale, Whoopi Goldberg, Rose Byrne, Rain Wilson, and Vera Farmiga. Along with newcomer William A. Fitzgerald, the film is an endearing and often funny story about Max, a divorced father and stand-up comedian living with his father and struggling to co-parent his autistic son, Ezra. When forced to confront difficult decisions about the future, Max and Ezra embark on a cross-country road trip that has a transcendent impact on both their lives. Ezra is an endearing and often funny exploration of a family determined to find their way through life's complexities with humor, compassion, and heart. An official selection of Deadline calls the film a touching testament to the power of love. IndieWire says it's funny and moving. And according to Next Best Picture, Ezra approaches autism with heart and authenticity. Only in theaters nationwide May 31st. We all know how important it is to get a good night's sleep. I know that if I don't sleep for eight hours a night, I am not as sharp. 
from memory foam mattresses that hug in all the right places to hybrids that keep you cool all night long. Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support at every price point. Lisa's Sapira Hybrid has been named Wirecutter's best hybrid mattress five years running, and collectively, their mattresses have over 20,000 five-star reviews. Delivery is free, returns are easy, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash Chelsea for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash Chelsea. Tired of hair removal tools that just don't cut it? Conair Girlbomb gives you smooth, flawless results while putting you firmly in control. From achieving that silky smooth skin to boosting your inner confidence, Conair Girl Bomb is all about helping you elevate your self-care game. Whether it's creating a hype playlist, throwing yourself into a hobby, or scheduling some me time, self-care is important to keeping you feeling confident and empowered. It's time to take your hair removal routine to the next level. You can trust Conair Girl Bomb to get the job done right. Conair Girl Bomb gives you the secret weapons for achieving powerful results with ease. Designed with women in mind, these tools boast the Sassy Girl Bomb Grip for unparalleled handling and precision, along with professional grade blades to deliver results that you used to only get from men's tools. No more compromising. So, to all you incredible women out there, treat yourself to a little Conair Girl Bomb magic. Don't settle for anything less than perfection. Elevate your grooming game with Conair Girl Bomb. Available now at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. Probiotics can be a very important part of your daily routine. They certainly are part of mine, but sometimes uh, they're a hassle to take. So Nature's Way women's probiotic pearls are just what they sound like, adorable little pearls that couldn't be easier to take. They're tiny, but still pack a punch, supporting both digestive and vaginal health. With 1 billion active cultures, they protect against occasional bloating, constipation, and digestive discomfort. And they are designed with a triple-layer coating that protects each pearl from stomach acid, helping them survive the journey to your small intestine, where they're needed most. To learn more, visit naturesway.com slash pearls and use code CHELSEA10 at the checkout for 10% off any Pearl's probiotics. Terms and conditions apply. Valid through July 31st. And we're back. We're back with Tyler Henry and Chelsea. Our first email comes from Denise. Dear Chelsea, I recently lost my mother unexpectedly to a stroke and I'm pretty devastated. This was the hardest thing I've ever gone through. My mother was not only an amazing woman, but also my best friend. I used to talk to her two to three times daily, and she was my bouncing board for everything. The constant pain I'm feeling is unbearable, and I'm learning about grieving. They say that even though people die, you can speak with them, and that they're still here with you. I find myself having conversations with my mom, but I don't know if it's me talking to myself, or is it her? How do you know? And when is too soon to see a medium? All the best, Denise. What a beautiful question, Denise. You know, I would just say when it comes to seeing a medium, it's important to do that when we've gotten to a place in our grief where I think we've been able to fundamentally process that physical loss. Medium reading is not a cure for grief. And it's important that we go through the process of being able to find acceptance, however that looks to us, in being hopefully able to see grief counselors or find a sense of community or find a sense of support before 
we go and receive a reading. So that would be my kind of general advice when it comes to the protocol. Largely, though, I think it, when it comes to, you know, wondering if they're there, if they notice, are, are they connected? Those are all very normal questions to have. And for me, I find in my own work, one of the number one ways that they often seem to answer is through something called meaningful coincidence called synchronicity and synchronicities happen and you know very often they are moments where events line up and we just kind of feel an uncanny sense of wonder uh, wondering you know was that you and i think that even those moments where we stop and are kind of struck by the sense of questioning those very often are signs and ways to let them know and affirm that they're still with us so not only are dreams a great way for people to kind of come in timing is also something important to look at as a way that in a vehicle which they communicate. And I also want to add in like you just have to believe <laughs> like you if you believe it, then it's true to you, you know, and if like when I'm talking to my mom, I never doubt it for a second because I want to believe it. You know, I would recommend to try not to resist the judgment of your communication with your mom. People don't, you know, they're not gone. The, the love that existed it will always remain. And that is a piece of her that you will always have. So it's never, ever going to leave like your aura and your energy field. Like that's your mom. So mm -hmm. you have to trust in that, I think, energetically to know like you think your mom is just going to die and just forget about you and disappear and d ditch you. No <laughs> fucking way is your mom going to do that. Yeah. And, and also, like, what's the harm in believing that? Like, exactly. Even if you're a total cynic, like, why not be like, I'm just having a conversation with my mom? Well, and, and truly, there's something to be said about subjective, you know, truths and objective truths and creativity, love, spirituality. They exist very much on the meaning oriented arenas. And, and that's, uh, you know, a big part of it. So, we, you know, objective truths are the pursuit of science. That's math. Uh, you know, that's technology. Subjectivity exists in kind of a different realm, one that is still valuable and still has meaning, but doesn't necessarily have to be understood by everybody around you. Right, right. You know, if you believe in your mother, that's all that matters. If yeah. you believe that your mother, that you're talking to her and that's so and it's so comforting. Why would you deny yourself that comfort? Exactly. And, and also, like, it seems true to your relationship with your mom. You checked into or three times a day. You are constantly in conversation. So why wouldn't you still be in conversation with her? Why wouldn't she still be having a conversation with you? I think that's wonderful. Absolutely. Well, let's jump to a caller. We have Amy on the line here. Dear Chelsea, my mom very recently passed away. I was wondering if once someone crossed over, if they have to prioritize how often they visit loved ones. My mom would want to visit her three granddaughters first, and then my sister and my dad. I don't know that she would feel the need to visit me as much, since I'm living an average life with not a lot for her to worry about. See, she was a big worrier. But I thought I would get the sense that she was around me more. I keep thinking maybe she's focusing on those that need her presence more. Chelsea, having lost significant family in your life, what has been your experience, and have you received any signs that they're with you, and how often? Hi, Amy. Hi, Amy. Hi. Hello, Amy. Wow, hi. <laughs> hi, this is Tyler Henry. He's our special guest today. Hello. Hi. <laughs> oh, thank you for joining us. Wow. So you feel like your mom, do you feel like your siblings or your dad or any of the people you mentioned feel her presence at all? You know, I think that they do. I don't know if I was expecting some grand sign. I just kind of wanted to know that she was okay and... She died of cancer and it was a difficult passing. And Absolutely. I just kind of expected maybe 
rainbows or a bird to land on my shoulder or something. Yeah. And <laughs> Absolutely. So, Well, first, what I want to say, Amy, is uh, I would love if you contact my website, we'll give you a full free membership to the collective where you can take part in group readings and see the experience and potentially receive one yourself. So we, we'd love to have you over there. But to your question, you know, when it comes to spirituality on a larger scale, the analogy I like to use when it comes to where they're at is this. I like to say, if you imagine that you are in New York City and, you know, there's a car accident that happens two streets over, if you are in the middle of the city, you know, you're not going to be able to see that car accident two streets over. But you know who will? A skyscraper, <laughs> somebody who's cleaning a skyscraper, a window washer at the very top of a skyscraper from where they're at, from where they're situated, would not only be able to see you, but would be able to see the car accident two streets over. It, that doesn't make the you know window washer any more enlightened than you and I, but it's from where they're situated, from their perspective, they're able to see more than perhaps us on, on kind of a, a lower level of awareness. So they definitely seem to see a lot. They are with us, but not necessarily one at a time. I think that there's an, an awareness of that collective sense of connection that they share. Yeah. I, and I would say in my experience with my mom, like, it's not something that's going to fall out of the sky and land on your shoulder. You know what I mean? They're not tapping you on the shoulder. Like, they're not touching you in that way. I look at it as like, oh, that's a reminder that everything's going to be okay. And and it's also helpful sometimes for you to pick a symbol, like something that was meaningful between you and your mom. Like with me and my mom, it's an orange. Whenever I'm like stressed out and I see an orange out of place, I'm like, oh, my mom is telling me everything's going to be kosher. It's okay. Right. And I think that's a powerful thing to like think of something between the two of you and keep your eyes open. Don't expect it to come to you. You sometimes have to find the signs. You know what I mean? It's like everything in life. The more open, the more you see. And the more narrow-minded, I think, the more limited you are and the less belief you have in this kind of possibility. And it's beautiful because right. you kind of create a language then. You know, if you can say, this is my sign, this is how I would like you to present yourself to me, if possible, then you kind of have that code. You have that language. You are being that bridge and making an active effort to communicate and keep that relationship going in a different way, but a way nonetheless. Yeah, I do something, and I'm sure you're probably not a comedian, <laughs> Amy, <laughs> but so this won't be what you do, but I do this thing before I walk out st on stage every time. I do this thing where I like look up as if my mom's above me. I think everything's above me, but actually Tyler just confirmed that everything is above us. So I'm glad <laughs> for that. But I always look up and as I'm walking out, I'm just right before they call my name, I just am like, I have this ebullience of light, like shining down around me, which is my mother. And I'm with her and she's with me and we walk out together. And that's always how I do it. And it, it feels like I'm being lit from within. And so if you can have some of this imagery for whatever is an important thing that you do, you know, in your day, it doesn't have to be something that's scary or daring. It can just be try to invoke your mother's presence, really invoke it and be like, Mom, I'm here with you. Like, even if you're, you know, you're talking to yourself or not speaking out loud and just thinking it like it's powerful. Our brains are much more powerful than we give them credit for. So trust it. Absolutely. Being able to live vicariously, you know, and allow her to live vicariously through every new action, every achievement, every new memory, everything you do, every new love that you make, every bond that you have is a way to honor her and to allow her to kind of live through that in some greater way. Oh, I love everything you guys said. <laughs> awesome. Love it. I knew you would give good advice. 
Oh, <laughs> good. Well, make sure you go over to his website, okay, Amy? Yeah, I'll get you guys yes. connected. Yes, absolutely. I'll see you over there. <laughs> oh, thank you. That I mean, that really did hit home for me. You know, the like, I need to not wait for her to come to me. I need to communicate back. So yes, yes, <laughs> that really hit. So Great. thank you. <laughs> Have a beautiful rest of your day. Thanks, thank Amy. You. Thank you. <laughs> Tyler, how old are you? Uh, 127. Wow, you're very <laughs> yeah. articulate. Like really, really good moisturizer. No, I'm 27. I, I just kind of You have such so. a good use of language. I love when young people speak so eloquently, like your words, oh. your vocabulary. It sounds very patronizing probably saying that to you, but I just love language and I love when someone speaks effortlessly. Well, that means, well, I had a brain injury of all things and a brain surgery when I was 18. So it actually really affected my ability to, I get aphasia where I can't talk. So that, that actually, it's a huge compliment. Thank you. Yeah. Well, you're probably overcorrected, right? Because of your brain injury that you probably (laughs) work even harder at speaking so well. I try my best, but thank you. That means a lot. Did you have to like relearn a lot of language and that sort of thing? It was a whole process. Uh, it's what you know, I, you have the words inside, but to get them out was really yeah. the challenge and what is often the case with brain surgery. So it's been a lot of kind of slowing down. You know, you have a lot that you want to say, but you just kind of have to take one word at a time. So, <laughs> well, our next question comes from Whitney Dear Chelsea, I've been going back and forth for a couple years about seeking out a medium to help me with my grief. She had lost a couple of grandparents who were really influential in her life. But I'm very skeptical and have no idea how to determine if a medium in my area is legitimate or not. I'm assuming that mediums who've gained national success must be the real deal. But then at that point, they're probably out of my price range. To say that my grief bogs me down is an understatement. And I'm not even sure that this would be the way to finally have a sense of relief in my life. But I've tried every other avenue so far. I've been to grief counseling, I've seen therapists, I've been medicated, I've tried to wear my grief out like it's a toddler, but nothing is helping. I know I'll never completely not feel this loss, and I know that I'll always wish they were still physically here, but I need this enormous weight lifted off my chest. Is a medium the answer? Whitney. Mm. Mm. Yeah. What do you do when somebody is having such a difficult time with their grief? Like, what advice can you give someone? Sure. Well, for one, I think expectation management is good. A, a medium will never be the answer or a cure-all you know, for grief, but it's certainly, if you find a good one, can affirm and validate that bond and the fact that that bond still continues. And that's really, in essence, what any good medium should strive to do. But I, I look at mediumship as that of a practice, and being that it's a practice, they are practitioners. And just as there are many practitioners in this world, doctors and you know, therapists, uh, you want to make sure that if you're seeing a practitioner, you're going to somebody who is legitimate. And the way to do that in this world, in the world of mediums, which is unregulated, there is no better business bureau, which to my frustration is the case. I think it's, it's very important to go through word of mouth, to go through recommendation, going to somebody that you know comes under high uh, recommendation from somebody you trust, somebody you know and have a relationship with, uh, tends to be the, the best way. And Equally, some of the best readings I've ever received were for free (laughs) from people who were not even working as mediums full time. So there are very talented people that exist among us who may not openly work as a medium, but might still be able to help you out. And you'll find them through word of mouth. And are there like group mediums, you know, like where people can do it if they can't afford something like you mentioned that on your website, which is also yeah. something she can explore. Mm-hmm. But like, are there group things like where you, you go to a room? Yeah, so it's a not, lot of people. I don't know. Is that common? 
So there is a community called Lilydale, actually, in northern New York, which is just that. People uh, take entire tourist destinations to this gated community in New York. There's been a spiritualist retreat where mediums live on site and do readings. And it's an entire kind of tourist industry there. So there's certainly that in theory. I think there's something to be said about just individual experience and being able to kind of seek out individual practitioners without giving them information and just kind of understanding when you walk into a medium uh, reading, you know your loved one more than any medium. You know the loved one's essence, you know how they'd be inclined to deliver information. And so I think it's just important to trust that more than any message you hear. You know, you know and will know if there's a connection being made. And also, I just want to say, Whitney, your grandparent wouldn't want you to be suffering in this way. This is heartbreaking. No one wants their grandchild to suffer at the loss of her. So Mm -hmm. that's something to also contemplate. Think about the impact. Like you have an opportunity to live your life in honor of your grandmother and like live live your life in an essence for her. I mean, no one should be living their lives for another person. But in a way, she can vicariously live through you and you can invoke her essence for your life. That's a very powerful way to keep those relationships close to your heart, Mm -hmm. even though they may feel far away. And I would suggest to try and practice that, you know, to try and live, live out loud, live your life fully and try to really get to a place where you can be joyful again. It's not, it's easier said than done, but if you do it with the idea of your grandmother really just kind of smacking you on the butt, like, I want you to have the best life. This is your <laughs> chance. Like, please don't get hung up on my passing. I want you to succeed and love and live and all of those things. You know that she would want that for you. Absolutely. And we owe it to them to remember them for who they were and how they lived versus that one moment that caused them to transition. And I think it's it's, uh, interesting in the sense that Maya Angelou, one of my favorites, had a quote about, similar to Chelsea, when she would go on stage, she'd call upon her departed mother. She'd call upon her ancestors, her grandmother. And she said by the time she walked on stage, she wasn't walking on that stage alone. She came with an army of people who loved her. And I think we really are a culmination of the love we are given in this world. So to be able to harness that to call upon that essence and invoke it, as Chelsea says, is so such a powerful way to still feel that connection, even if that physical bond is no longer there. Chelsea and I talked about this on a recent episode. Sometimes when you try to push something away, a feeling away, it makes it worse. And so think of your grief as sort of something that you bring along with you. It doesn't mean you can't have joy in your life. It doesn't mean you can't go about your day to day. But that grief is a reminder of the closeness that you shared with those people. And when you feel that sense of grief, be reminded that that person is still with you and and that you do still have relationship with them. They're right there. That grief is is part of that relationship. And bring it along with you. Feel it when you need to feel it, but also know like it's okay to have that at the same time as you're having maybe a joyful moment or something was funny or, you know, you're living your life day to day. It's okay that that's sort of a passenger with you right now. I actually have a question for you, Tyler. What do you think about like reincarnation? Do you think people can come back? So I don't view reincarnation as a linear process, like a line. Uh So the traditional view is that reincarnation is you're born, you die, you're reborn, you die, you're reborn, you die, in kind of a line, right? And, And so my belief is that we as a soul are a lot more multifaceted than we realize. And in essence, the best way to describe it is I think we basically can exist in many different forms 
at once. And it looks like we're living our individual little lives on our individual little timelines. But my belief is that in many ways, uh, we kind of have many tentacles in many different arenas. <laughs> and it's very kind of uncomfortable sometimes to think about, and it kind of gets into philosophy of, you know, determinism and all of these things. But I, I believe in a higher self that when we transition, we become part of something greater than ourselves. That has always been a part of us. And, a, and we kind of reunite with that part. And then Part of us might, you know, continue on in other incarnations, but that kind of soul essence of us always exists and I think is always retaining information. And that is why I believe I do readings for people. And even if they've reincarnated, which maybe they have, maybe they haven't, I'm still able to get information about that life, who that person was, even if that's kind of continued on. And it's hard to say, you know, it's, it's one of those things. It's one of those great mysteries. Well, let's take a quick break and we'll be back for our last question with Tyler and Chelsea. This podcast is brought to you by the new film Ezra from Bleecker Street, directed by Tony Goldwyn and with an incredible ensemble cast that includes Robert De Niro, Bobby Cannavale, Whoopi Goldberg, Rose Byrne, Rain Wilson, and Vera Farmiga. Along with newcomer William A. Fitzgerald, the film is an endearing and often funny story about Max, a divorced father and stand-up comedian living with his father and struggling to co-parent his autistic son, Ezra. When forced to confront difficult decisions about the future, Max and Ezra embark on a cross-country road trip that has a transcendent impact on both their lives. Ezra is an endearing and often funny exploration of a family determined to find their way through life's complexities with humor, compassion, and heart. An official selection of Deadline calls the film a touching testament to the power of love. IndieWire says it's funny and moving, and according to Next Best Picture, Ezra approaches autism with heart and authenticity. Only in theaters nationwide May 31st. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new natural hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design icon West Elm, the natural hybrid is the culmination of the two companies' shared values, premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the natural hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary, indulgence your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Visit lisa.com forward slash Chelsea to learn more. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash Chelsea. Tired of hair removal tools that just don't cut it? Conair Girl Bomb gives you smooth, flawless results while putting you firmly in control. From achieving that silky smooth skin to boosting your inner confidence, Conair Girl Bomb is all about helping you elevate your self care game. Whether it's creating a hype playlist, throwing yourself into a hobby, or scheduling some me time, self care is important to keeping you feeling confident and empowered. It's time to take your hair removal routine to the next level. You can trust Conair Girl Bomb to get the job done right. Conair Girlbomb gives you the secret weapons for achieving powerful results with ease. Designed with women in mind, these tools boast the sassy Girlbomb grip for unparalleled handling and precision, along with professional-grade blades to deliver results that you used to only get from men's tools. No more compromising. So to all you incredible women out there, treat yourself to a little Conair Girlbomb magic. Don't settle for anything less than perfection. Elevate your grooming game with Conair Girlbomb. 
Available now at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. Probiotics can be a very important part of your daily routine. They certainly are part of mine. But sometimes uh, they're a hassle to take. So Nature's Way women's probiotic pearls are just what they sound like. Adorable little pearls that couldn't be easier to take. They're tiny but still pack a punch, supporting both digestive and vaginal health. With 1 billion active cultures, they protect against occasional bloating, constipation, and digestive discomfort. And they are designed with a triple-layer coating that protects each pearl from stomach acid, helping them survive the journey to your small intestine, where they're needed most. To learn more, visit naturesway.com slash pearls and use code CHELSEA10 at the checkout for 10% off any Pearl's probiotics. Terms and conditions apply. Valid through July 31st. And we're back. We're back. Well, our last question comes from Stephanie. Dear Chelsea, longtime listener, first time writer. I've always wanted to say that. (laughs) (laughs) When it comes to mediums, I must admit that I'm a bit of a skeptic. I'm a nurse practitioner, and so I'm very science-minded, but I also greatly want to believe that there are forces greater than us that we can't comprehend or measure. Now to the reason I'm writing. My mom passed away this week. She was an unstoppable force. When I was six, she was shot and paralyzed from the waist down by an accidental gunshot wound by a child. She had severe pain for 31 years, but never took any pain medication because she wanted to keep her mental capacities sharp. She raised two children as a single mom, became CEO of a large nonprofit organization, sat on two prominent boards in our community, and showed unlimited love to everyone, especially my four- and nine-year-old. As you can tell, she was someone really special. I cared for her in her last month, and I wish I knew how to know she was at peace. Tell her we're okay, and that's because she's given us all the tools we need to be okay. Thank you so much for your show. It's a highlight of my week. So I think the biggest question is, how does she let her mom know that they're all okay, and how does she know that her mom is okay and that she passed without too much pain? Absolutely. Well, you know, I think we often do understandably get very focused on what causes someone to transition, even under the best of circumstances. So many of us relive those last moments or our last interaction or what could have been said or what could have been done, even under the best of circumstances. So I think it's a very normal place to be in grief. You know, I I just think when it comes to that awareness, if you look at who she was in life, clearly she prioritized her children and the generations of family that came after her. And so I would say, as you revel in every moment, as you reach you know, achievements and accomplishments and those big landmark moments, find ways to implement her into those moments. What maybe, you know, we wear a piece of jewelry and every time we look at that jewelry, we think of mom or whatever it may be. There's ways to still carry them on and allow them to kind of live vicariously. But you know, I think that's one of the great equalizers of death is that in essence, no matter what we're going through, it does allow for some closure of physical suffering. And that's just a moment in time. That's not someone's eternity. Exactly. Yeah. You have to know that people who have crossed over are at peace. Mm -hmm. Like you're not in your body anymore. So there's no bodily suffering. And I, I would it would be a big leap of faith to think that 
they're suffering beyond this earth. You know what I mean? This earth, I think, has a, so much suffering already. I mean, what you're talking about is you, you're suffering, you know, at the loss of your mom. But I, when people wreck themselves over the circumstances in which somebody passed, like, oh, they were they were in such pain. It was even if when it, when it's a hard crossing, as they say, at least they're not suffering anymore. Like that's what's necessary to get them out of their body and to stop the suffering. So you have to believe that your mother is at peace regardless of how she died. She's at peace now. Yeah. You know, I I mean, I think you just have to believe that and you have to know that and just keep telling yourself that and keep showing her, you know, in the ways that Tyler suggested to keep living your life with her, you know, not that it's over. She's gone, but your relationship with her will never be over. And, you know, just last point with the nursing aspects, there's so many hospice nurses that have shared firsthand experiences of, you know, their own grief and also seeing, you know, patients at the end of life have very compelling experiences. So uh, I would encourage you to ask coworkers. <laughs> yeah. Tell us about your tour, Tyler. Yeah. So uh, very much hitting the road, been very busy. We've yeah, had... I've seen it on Instagram. You're on fire. Oh, it's been so, so much fun. I've been uh, really thankful. We've had a sold out tour all across the country and it's been intense every year. 26 cities. I travel all across Midwest, the South, and it's in a group setting. So it's anywhere from 2,000 to 3,000 people. I share a little bit about my story and what people need to know to get the most out of readings. And then it turns into a group reading and it's different every single time. You know, people come in as strangers and by the end of it, they're hugging. And it's just a really beautiful experience to be able to have that outlet in a society that doesn't allow for people to talk about grief very much, to have people come together and feel comfortable honoring that vulnerability and what they've gone through in a shared way. Great. And people can get tickets at? Over at tylerhenryhollywoodmedium.com. You can check out tickets and my full tour schedule. And there's more to come. Oh, well, that's so excellent. You're doing such a great service. How nice is it to do what you love and have it be so helpful to people, right? I feel so privileged and so humbled every single time. I mean, it truly is mind blowing and you know, it just reminds me of why you know we have to live mindfully and it gives me a deep sense of gratitude. In every reading I do, I think there's a message for me as well. Well, it was a pleasure speaking with you. I hope I get to see you again soon. Absolutely, we'll yeah. make it happen. And if you need anything, either of you, if I can help in any capacity, if you ever need follow-up readings, friends, family, I'm here and I would love to stay in touch. Okay, Thanks, thank Tyler. you. We will All do right, for sure. Have a good one. Thank you so much. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. If you'd like advice from Chelsea, shoot us an email at dearchelseapodcast at gmail.com and be sure to include your phone number. Dear Chelsea is edited and engineered by Brad Dickert, executive producer Catherine Law. And be sure to check out our merch at chelseahandler.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you. And how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Here's an important life tip. It is absolutely essential that you always know where to find a delicious sandwich at a moment's notice. Usually the answer is as easy as Jimmy John's. You know you're always getting some good sandwiches because they make them with fresh baked bread, premium quality meats, and hand-sliced veggies. Like their Italian nightclub made with salami, capicolo, ham, and provolone. Everybody loves that one. So if you're looking for the sandwich of sandwiches, order on the Jimmy John's app or online at jimmyjohns.com today. 
Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girl Bomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate Girl Bomb grip and professional grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girl Bomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girl Bomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. Hi everyone, Chelsea here. We should be talking much more about women's hair loss. There are many reasons that hair loss can happen in women, from a number of medical conditions like anemia all the way to transitions like pregnancy or menopause. And that's where Zion Health comes in. They are hair loss experts who make getting treatment easy and accessible with both medicated and non-medicated options available. Go to xyonhealth.com to get started. 